This Word on Fire Minute is brought to you by Advantage Futures. As Catholics, we must take advantage of new technology to spread the faith. Wordonfire.org is on the front lines, featuring the work of one of the church's best messengers, Father Robert Barron. At wordonfire.org, you'll find inspirational podcasts, videos, audio sermons, books, DVDs, and the Catholicism Project. It is one of the most ambitious efforts ever to promote the Catholic faith to the world. Catholicism is Father Barron's global documentary series, filmed in high definition and now in production for TV and DVD. Father Barron's series will illustrate the beauty and depth of the church and explain the Catholic faith on our own terms. It will be an exciting new way for families, parishes, and schools to teach Catholicism. Preview the production, join our email list, and contribute to the Catholicism Project at wordonfire.org. Become part of the story today. This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us, so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, the church gives us today a wonderful passage from the first book of Kings as our first reading. It concerns the prophet Elijah and his struggle to escape from the clutches of Queen Jezebel. Now, I'd recommend to you a careful reading of this Elijah cycle of stories. Again, you find them in the first book of Kings. To anybody interested in the spiritual life, but especially to those who find themselves perhaps midway on the journey, anybody could benefit from these, these stories because they're, they're really about not just this ancient figure. They're about him. But we read them now because they're also about us. And especially those who are midway on the journey. We recall the details. Elijah had been called upon by God to perform a great prophetic act, challenging King Ahab and his wife Jezebel because they had fostered the worship of false gods. Then, in that wonderful passage, we hear how he faced down the 450 priests of Baal on Mount Carmel, and won the day. Remember, they called upon their gods and no fire descended. Elijah called upon Yahweh and the fire came down and consumed the sacrifice. But, having won the great battle, he was given no time for relaxation or celebration. For he was pursued by the angry Jezebel who wanted to kill him. So there's the background for our story for today. Elijah has done his job. He's fought the good fight, but now his enemies are after him. As our story for today opens, he had journeyed a day into the desert and had just sat down under a broom tree to rest. Now, I don't know if you ever had the opportunity to travel by foot through the desert, 
But let me assure you, it is not a walk in the park. Remember last year when I was over in the Holy Land filming for our, our documentary series, and we were out in the Judean desert. It was about 110 degrees. The sun was beating down. You'd walk a few steps. You'd be exhausted unless you were taking water all the time. So believe me, a, a journey by foot through the desert is no piece of cake. And more to it, Elijah was fleeing for his life. So there he was at the end of his rope physically, but much more tellingly, he was at the end of his rope psychologically and spiritually. Listen now as he prays. He prayed for death saying, this is enough, O Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Again, by his father's, he means those who have died. He's no better than the dead. Well, why was he so distraught? He had responded to God's call. He had performed courageously, mightily, even beyond the call of duty. And he finds himself not rewarded, but pursued. Doesn't it all seem rather unfair? Now, I'd be willing to bet there are a lot of people listening right now to me who can identify with that story. Elijah is not a man at the idealistic beginning of the spiritual journey. Nor is he someone in the midst of an exciting struggle. He's a man who has accepted the call who has labored in the heat of the day and now finds himself worn out and unappreciated. Again, let's, let's look at that. Some people at the beginning of the spiritual life, you're full of enthusiasm, excitement, you're just getting going, you're just getting the, the thrill of this relationship with God. Other times you find yourself in the midst of a great struggle, a great challenge, a great project. All your energies are engaged. That's not where Elijah is at either of those points. He's rather at this midpoint, if you want. He's been called, and he he responded. He was given a mission, and, and by God, he did it. But now feels worn out, unappreciated. How many of you listening right now to me have lived a good life, even done some pretty heroic and challenging things for the Lord, stood up when you had to. You, you were counted when you had to be counted. And yet, you find yourselves in the wake of it tired out, unheralded, perhaps even pursued, hounded, criticized. I would say this story for today is a story for Weary soldiers at midlife. Tired pilgrims in the middle of the great spiritual journey. Now, after his burst of self-pity, and you know, let's let's allow him that, because we all have those moments, don't we? When all we feel like saying to the Lord is, is give me a break. I mean, can't you can't you cut me some slack? I've done what you wanted me to do. I fought the good fight, and now they're they're hounding me. So after his burst of self-pity, Elijah lay under the tree and slept. You know what? Sometimes sleep is not a bad idea. (laughs) What I mean is, perhaps what Elijah needed 
was to rest a bit, to step back from the fray. You know, the Lord sends him out into the desert, away from the struggle, and he lets him sleep for a time. And I don't want to you know, oversimplify this or trivialize it, but that can be a very important moment in the spiritual life. Sometimes you just need to rest. Yeah, I've been fighting. I've been called by God to do great things. I've been struggling. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But you can't do that all the time. You might just need to rest. But then he senses the presence of an angel. And of course, angelos just means a messenger. It's a messenger from God who orders him to eat and to drink. So the prophet sees a hearth cake and a jug of water by his head. He eats, he drinks, then he sleeps again. (laughs) Okay, he must have needed it. Sleep is okay. He had to rest. But then the angel wakes him up, tells him to eat and drink some more. Friends, when you're at midlife, you're midway on the journey, you're tired out, feeling unappreciated, rest can be essential. But so is good nutrition. What do the cake and the water stand for? I think all those things that feed the Spirit. Scripture, beauty, art, music, indeed, good food and drink in the ordinary sense, prayer, meditation, a good retreat, conversation with a soulmate, all those things that feed the Spirit. And above all, I would say, the Mass and the Eucharist. Good nutrition. What's feeding you? You know, just think of it along physical lines. If you're feeling physically worn out, maybe what you need is sleep and better food. You're undernourished or poorly nourished is more like it in our culture. What are you eating? What are you drinking? Same is true now in the spiritual order. You're worn out spiritually, a little bit depressed, feeling put upon. You're irritable. The way, the way clearly Elijah is here. What do you need? Good food. The Bible. Art. Beautiful things. Prayer. Retreat. And as I say, above all, the Mass and the Eucharist. People come to me sometimes, and they're at this point. They're at the Elijah moment here. Midlife, they're worn out. They're good people, spiritually alive people, but they've not been eating. (laughs) I'll ask them, how's your attendance at Mass? Do you spend time before the Blessed Sacrament? How's your prayer life? Do you take time to rest, to savor beautiful things? And very often... If people are honest, they'll tell me, well, I, I know I've, I've stayed away from those things. And I say, and you wonder why you're worn out. So the angel says, eat, drink. We are a very go-go culture, even, I would say, at the religious level. But how often do we feed the soul? And I mean seriously so. The angel is insistent, isn't he, with Elijah? Eat, and then eat again, drink some more. We then hear that strengthened by the food, he walked 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain of God at Horeb. 
Elijah found himself midway on the journey of life, tired out from lots of activity. Refreshed, he was able to complete a lengthy trip to the mountain of encounter, Horeb, Sinai, the mountain of God. All of that resting and feeding was brought to its fulfillment when, like Moses before him, he came to this great trysting place with God. I know, I know it can sound funny, but sometimes the most devoutly religious people can actually lose touch with God. They become so caught up in their work, their ministry, their agenda, they forget about the one they're actually trying to serve. And so Elijah has to come to the place of encounter. How important that is, how central that is. And I say it now to disciples. I'm speaking really today to disciples, to those who are on the spiritual journey, who've done a lot, who've, who've worked for the church and worked for the good of the gospel. Can you sometimes, in the midst of all that achievement and activity, forget the one you are proclaiming? And so now we remember that beautiful story of Elijah's meeting with Yahweh. Yahweh was not in the wind, not in the flame, or in the earthquake. All those special effects, by the way, of Sinai, those all call to mind Moses on Sinai, but rather in that tiny, whispering voice. You see what this is, friends? It's the place of contemplative intimacy. Elijah was fed. He ate and drank. Well, we have to be fed spiritually. The ultimate food is this contemplative personal intimacy with the Lord. Not just reading about him, not just studying, not just specul- not just talking about him, but I mean a real personal intimate encounter. That's the tiny whispering voice. And notice now what God tells Elijah at this intimate moment. Choose your successor. He says, choose someone to take your place. Now, mind you, this is not necessarily bad news. It means Elijah is ready for a different phase of the spiritual adventure. He's been busily active for many years. He's gotten himself worn out. He's done great things. Yes, indeed. But now perhaps he's ready for another kind of spiritual work. He's ready to pass the day-to-day labors on to somebody else. That can be a key moment. Listen, all of you who might be at midlife, who fought the good fight, you know, maybe the time has come to pass on that kind of work to somebody else. While you do a different kind of more contemplative spiritual work. Spend some time this week looking at this wonderful section from 1 Kings. Let Elijah be a guide, especially to those perhaps a little tired out from the journey at midlife. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love.